Okay, welcome to episode 153 of Sacking's Therapy. I don't know if you can hear in my voice, but I am not very, uh, I'm not very happy right now after this Portland, uh, of Sacramento game. Um, Kings lose, what is it? Where's the score? Uh, th- that's how, that's how messed 103 up. to 88. Yes, 103 to 88. That's how out of sorts I am after watching this fucking garbage. So, uh, before we even get into it, the Portland was missing Day. They were missing CJ. They were missing Norman Powell. They were missing Larry Nance. So, so instead, we end up facing Robert Covington, Nasir Little, Yusef Nurkic, Macklemore, and Anthony Simons. Sure, still, a, still, you know, not the worst players in the world, but they were missing four guys, four, like, starters, and you lay down like this. What the fuck happened? A lot of things happened. A lot of pretty bad plays, I gotta say. Um defense rebounds i mean there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff well the one thing i will point to which was basically the reason why they lost this game unfortunately three-point shooting they were seven for 31 but that that, which sounds okay but like you know for a while they were i believe set two of 23 at one point uh, until like a late flurry towards the end but they just could not hit anything and guess what? When you can't hit anything, what else do you do? Do you go into the paint? Do you maybe try to exploit the mid-range? No, you keep shooting more threes and you just keep shooting them. And but to be fair, they stopped shooting them a little bit in the second half. But yeah, they just kept jacking threes and they kept missing. Yeah, I mean, it, it just wasn't going down for them. Uh, at least for the third quarter, they only attempted three threes i believe and you know none of them did go down but we did kind of have a small run in terms of like within the three range uh it's pretty much our only high scoring quarter with 27 uh that third quarter but other than that we were pretty far out from that point so i'm actually looking at the um so I'm actually looking at this shot chart. Apparently only attempted one three that entire third quarter. Was it only one? Apparently. I don't well, yeah. Well, like was there was one that was like right on the line. So maybe that's why. But uh. long story short, like yes, they were they missed a lot of threes. And unfortunately, when you stop hitting threes, the defense tends to pack in the paint a little bit more. And the Kings just could not exploit, could not like, you know. They basically just couldn't get anything going. Like, you know, there was no spacing. Anytime, like, De'Aaron tried to drive, there was no space. Anytime that um, Tyrese tried to get something going, there would be help in the paint. So, like, I get to a certain degree why they played like shit the way they did. And, you know, honestly, had they hit a few more threes, this is a very different game. But again, this team is missing four of its starters. Like, one, you know, an all-NBA guy. Granted, not this year. Uh, another one, you know, someone that should be should have been an all-star in the East a long time ago. And then, you know, two very important uh, rotation players gone from this game. And you laid an egg, you come out slow, and you just rely way too much on the three. And when you don't hit threes, you know, it's much tougher to score in the paint. But it doesn't stop you from playing defense. Yeah, especially the defense, because you were saying, like, during the game, like, you know, let's make the defense 
great offense. And, you know, the Kings didn't really do that at all, to be honest, because our defense was god-awful. Now, I did say that, but I was saying for next year, because at this year, I'm done with this year. I'm pretty done with this year. So <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do it. They're, again, we'll have to see after the trade deadline. And, but at this point, I, I don't have much hope that this defense gets any better. Like, it's basically, you know, but my, my, the point I wanted to make was that, you know, like De'Aaron did not have a good game, but like, you know, if you're not having a good game, play a little bit more defense. You know, use your defense to create turnovers, create easy buckets. And, you know, like, again, when you don't make shots, you can rely, you can turn to your defense to, you know, make things a little easier for you, open things up a little bit more. But that's not this team, unfortunately. And when they're not hitting shots, they don't have a defense to fall back on to, you know, kind of bail them out and create some easy offense. Yep. Well, I guess we shall see because <laughs> that deadline's a month away. Um, I do want to quickly talk about Anthony Simons. I have kind of shitted on him before. Like, I always thought it was r- ridiculous that for whatever reason he was untouchable. Um, like when I think Neil O'Shea was the GM. Like you had CJ, you had Dame, and then for whatever reason you trade for Norman Powell. Like you have that's four small guards. <laughs> that all don't play defense and all could score but don't play defense so like why the hell is this guy untouchable well you know maybe this t- this just bring up the conversation why the hell was cj not traded because anthony simons was really good this game yeah i mean he had seven for 11 threes which is ridiculously good and there was like just a point in the fourth quarter where he scored pretty much at least 15 straight Blazers points and yeah he, he was pretty much our killer this game yeah like uh, yeah it was 15 straight points the Kings looked like they were about to make a run but you know Simons just shut that off right away like I'm not gonna blame De'Aaron too much but like De'Aaron's defense was suspect like just dies on the screen like there has to be a way he can kind of keep him in front like if, if that's not the case like just put Davion in like, you know, run, they ran some four-guard lineups this game. I don't know why they didn't just run a four-guard lineup to close the game and just have Davion on Anthony just to kind of cool him down a little bit. But, like, that's how it happened. And then, like, the second part of the equation is that the big man, like, you don't drop so hard. Like, you know, make, make Anthony Simons, like, you know, make Anthony Simons drive and dare him to finish over you. Because as far as I know, he's not a great finisher. Good shooter. But like you know, Fox needs some help as well. Like it's it's not work. It's just not happening. And I don't know what the answer is. You know, again, the Kings just laid down. And for, you know, I you know, you never can say that the Kings should win a game. This game, they probably should have won, and they completely get destroyed by you know a terrible, what was a terrible defense, and you know, not a great offense. But you know, against the Kings, they look like they look good, look competent. Oh yeah, let's see. After this game, I'm. Well, I don't want to look at the standings to be honest, but uh, Portland and Sacramento, I, I believe, are pretty close to each other in terms of game to the temp seed, right? So we were actually in the play-in before this game, but after after this game, we actually move out of the play-in. Um, mm-hmm. We are half a game behind San Antonio and Portland, so you know we win another game, you know we sneak back in a little bit, maybe, you know. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's a game tomorrow against uh, Cleveland, so 
we'll see how we do in that game to be honest i don't i don't have good i don't have high hopes of yeah. that. like cleveland is really good and they're firing on all cylinders and this and this king's teams is you know it's a wet fart of a team right now it's just mm-hmm. like they don't they don't even seem to care anymore like there were stretches where like the Aaron fox like up like look like he just lazily hands the ball off to someone and like it almost gets tipped it's there's just not enough care in this world like guys aren't communicating anymore guys just don't look like they like each other they're they look like they're waiting for the trade deadline is what it looks like and yeah. you know the spirit of this team is broken and you know the guy up top like whether it's Vivek, whether it's monty they need to do something like i know you shouldn't make a trade to make a trade but at this point, I think you should do addition by subtraction. Just get rid of some guys, see what the hell you can get, and just get the best deal right away. Because you're de- you know, I know teams are going to try and take advantage of you, but you're desperate, right? We're desperate right now. The Kings just don't have an avenue. Like, where are they supposed to go from here? Like, I guess you can, I guess, finally mail it in and finally call in, you know, the tankathon. But like, I don't know, like, if that's i don't basically i don't know like they need to do something oh yeah i mean like i said within this month we'll see if any news comes out but as of right now yeah like you said there's really not much that we could do like i already told you this like i would talk to you about how daryl morey if daryl morey does not trade ben simmons this off season or like before the trade deadline the city of philadelphia should riot Mm -hmm. I was yeah. just going to say, if Monty doesn't make a move, like, soon, and, like, if he doesn't make anything by the trade deadline, oh, we should riot. Like, we, sh- we should be up in arms about this, because, like, this is not it. It's miserable to watch. At least make it fun in some way. But, like, again, the spirit of the team is broken. Like, we've gone through, you know, we've gone through blaming Luke for everything. But, like, you know, Luke's gone, and the roster is still the same for the most part. And, like, we, we know that it's the players at this point. Like, you need to do something on that front just to change it up. But, but again, like, if there, I mean, if, there, if, there, if there's no deals, then there's nothing he can do. But as far as, as, far as I've read, what I've read from national media and even from, like, you know, James Hammond, those guys, guys on this team have value. Harrison Barnes has value. Buddy Hill has some sort of value. And if you want to go there, Tyrese about Halliburton and uh, De'Aaron Fox have tons of value. I guess the, there are trades to happen. It's just that whether or not you want to soak, you know, take this one for the team. Like, you know, take the L on this trade and just make it and just make some sort of change for the sake of change. Because right now, this is as bad as it gets, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. Okay. Well, at least you had something to uh, something good happen. Uh, your 49ers in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It was a pretty pretty tight game, really, in the last half, and it went to overtime. And luckily, we won the coin toss, to- eh, coin toss too. And pretty much pretty good offense during uh, you know, the last part of fourth and uh, overtime. To be honest. Sorry, just taking a sip of water. Oh. Um, well, that at least that's good for you. Uh, at least you had something to be happy about. The Bay, Bay, and of course we got to talk about you know the Bay Area sports. 
Clay yeah. Thompson is back today, and you know he played okay. Like he was a bit rusty, but you know he can, he's got. I think he'll be okay. I don't think he'll be great this year, just because it takes about a year for guys to get back. But like you know, the, like the king. I mean the Kings, the Warriors look look like a championship championship team even without him. And even and if he can just like be competent and give him any sort of boost, I mean they're the favorites to win the title, right? I know, yeah. He, I mean, not gonna lie, he's he's looking pretty good after you know what uh, everything he's gone through for the past. Oh, oh, it's been over two years, yeah. So looking forward to how he uh, develops uh, until you know the playoffs. Yeah, and you know we'll, we'll I'll be watching. I don't know what I don't know what you're gonna be watching, but. Uh, I probably I probably watch clips because yeah <laughs> yeah because Fong is very as a very busy boy. Um, okay, um, what else to talk about? Um, well, I, I highly doubt you you've watched any wrestling, but apparently, so do you do you actually know that Mickey James was released by WWE? Uh, yeah, I've heard. And did okay. we talk about uh, Regal? Uh, we did not. No. Okay. You, what are your thoughts? I thought that he could be utilized somewhere in the, you know, developmental, you know, in something in developmental in NXT. But, you know, I don't know how uh, the is going about this new NXT rebranding. So I guess really, I don't <laughs> like, I guess colors. they don't see any use colors. of him. You know, like, don't you love colors? Like, just why? It, it, NXT was already good enough, right? Like, why the rebrand? Um, the, like the the reports are is because they lost against AEW, and oh. you know, I mean, they were never really put in a position to succeed, in my opinion, because like Vince never promoted the show, which was very odd. And you know, if you're if you're willing to get in conspiracy territory, I think there's a little bit of kind of. I, I, I don't know any other term to describe this. There's this superiority complex or yeah, superiority complex that Vince has over Triple H because I remember there was a story back in the day that Vince was really annoyed. Um, and I think it was WrestleMania 31 in 2015. Like that was the Zayn and Nakamura. What was that 2016? I don't remember. It was the, it was that takeover where Zayn uh, went up against Nakamura and it was like the talk of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was so good that there were apparently there were people that were saying like, man, man, NXT is better than the main roster. And um, like uh, Vince caught wind of that and basically like just got really angry about that. So like I, I always thought like maybe there's something there, like in terms of just him having a superiority complex. He doesn't want Triple H to produce the better product than him. And Maybe like he just thought it was time to shut it down, and also like the AEW stuff, like that that very much could be a reason. But yeah, I guess he just wanted to go in a different direction. Colors. Is that really the only change? Colors. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a shitty product. <laughs> it's a yeah. shittier product. So the it's very May roster ish, and like they don't hire indie guys anymore. They hire you know cheerleaders, bodybuilders. And basically, like, you know, Vince guys. Like, he's hired, like, his crew back. Like, you remember John Laurinaitis? Like, they hired him back. Um, they hired Bruce Pritchard. That, you know, uh, that 
I'm sorry to use this word, that cocksucker, <laughs> that cocksucker, basically. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, like Vince is just going back to what he knows, basically. Well, that's great. I yeah, yeah, not not the greatest, to be honest, but uh, that's too bad. <laughs> that's really too bad, to be honest. Yeah, and takeovers are no longer a thing, which is, uh, that does make me very sad. Takeovers, like, were the highlight of most shows. Like, uh, there were so many times where, like, you know, the actual main roster show for that weekend sucked ass, but takeover was always amazing. So, are the current rosters and, you know, the previous NXT still in the current or rebranded NXT, or did they move up? Uh, some of them are still there. I think Roger Strong is still there. There's rumors of Champa moving up, and who else is there? Like, if, if you know him, Kushida is still there. Walter uh-huh. is moving to NXT full time. Um, oh, okay. Th- th- there's some guys there, but like, th- we don't know what's happening. Like, the the new they're like trying to strip away as much as the old NXT as possible, which I. But like it's that's how it is apparently. Like Vince just wants to go in a new direction. Well, let's see if it succeeds or plummets because it does not sound good when it comes to Vince running the show. Well, uh, what I did actually want to talk about. So you did know that Mickey James was released. Uh, apparently, she's going to be in the Royal Rumble. And right now, what she's she's the Impact Women's Champion. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a thing. Are they going to replace her? What's going to happen? No, no, no. no, She's going to be in it. But she got released. Yeah, but she's back. So we don't know the details. If this is a one-time thing or if this is like, you know, or if this is like going to be something more. But right now it's just she's back for at least one night. And I, I did not watch the Impact uh, pay-per-view or, you know, show, so I don't know if she's still women's champion. But uh, she's gonna be in the Royal Rumble. That's, that's yeah, that's weird. No, I'm. Uh, they're gonna like squash her so bad. She might go out within the minute or two. Then I I disagree. I think she'll have some sort of showing. I don't I don't know if she'll eliminate anybody. I think she'll be like there for a bit. If so, anything. So is she going to be back permanently in WWE or is she just going to go straight back to Impact after this all ends? Because I know. doubt. We don't know. Yeah. There, there's no report of whether or not that's actually happening. Like, basically, we all we know is that she's going to be back for the Royal Rumble. Because, yeah, I have pretty well hopes in terms of her winning the <laughs> Rumble. Why would you ever have hope for winning the Rumble ever? But um, yeah, so that so I thought that was interesting. It's interesting that WWE is now opening themselves up to work with other promotions like Impact because AEW actually had an agree had a partnership with Impact that just recently ended, and a lot of people brought up the fact that like man, they really underutilized that partnership because all they did was that they basically let in uh, Gallows and Anderson, and that was a basically it. They didn't like promote like, you know, Kenny Omega versus which Rich Swan for the was it the Impact World Champion. And like they did not utilize the, the women's division, even though like, you know, Impact has a great women's division. And like um, 
AEW really could have used like a, I guess basically a boost for their uh, roster, but like it's a real failure a bit on AEW's part. And I like to see what WWE does with this because that's one of the things that like that's one of the competitive advantages that you know indie promotions had over WWE. But like WWE never needed to work with anyone. But if they're willing to open those themselves up, you know there's a lot of possibilities. Well, I doubt Vince would ever do that, to be honest. I mean, you know, things have changed. Like, it's, I mean, like, again, like, would you have ever said, like, oh, Impact is going to have a, have a, sh at least, like, a short partnership with WWE? You never would have said that before this. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, at this point in time, you, you think uh, it would benefit WWE at all? I think ultimately very little because, like, I mean, it's not really good. like what impact fans are going to come and watch WWE. Like they more or less <laughs> probably going to watch. They're probably already watched WWE. There's always those guys that are like, oh, I don't watch WWE anymore. Like I only watch Impact. I'm like, good for you, bro. There's, there's not a lot of you out there, but you know, all the power to you. But like, I don't think it helps WWE. I think it more helps Impact if anything. But you know, it's interesting to. It's good, I think, overall to see that they're working together and. Maybe it finally like has you know AEW step up a little bit because they've been like they've been, they've been very good. Don't get me wrong, but like some parts like they've been very underwhelming. Like that stuff with Big Swole and to and uh, what's his name Tony Khan. Like you know Tony Khan completely dismissing the criticism of them not using their uh, women's division and him essentially mansplaining <laughs> that oh no we have used you guys right. That was a horrible look. So it's like. You know, it's one of those things where AEW do a little better. Ah, I see. Well, I don't follow AEW, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> you don't follow WWE either. I, so, I know. <laughs> I didn't expect you to, but... That should have been my New Year's resolution. Watch more WWE. How's the gym going? Yeah, not so good. Yeah, I mean, let's I get got... start on, let's get started yeah, on that one first. Yeah, that's probably more priority. Yeah, per you know, Pepperidge Farm remembers, but Owen also remembers your New Year's resolution. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, this part went way longer than I expected, and honestly, we didn't even talk that much about the Kings. You know, just, but there are better things to talk about than this goddamn Kings game right now, because this was awful. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I guess we'll come back to you guys uh, tomorrow, you know? With the Cleveland Cavaliers against the Kings, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, do you predict a win, or you know what? Do you predict a competitive game? At, at this point, I don't know. It's like the is there so many inconsistencies uh, throughout each and every game that we watch? That it's like it's like just a just a guessing game of whether or not the Kings will do this or that for next games. So at this point, I'm gonna predict that. We might have a better competitive game, but at the end of all this, I think we're going to see some yelling. I want to see some arguments with each other because this is ridiculous. You, you know what? My optimism has been beaten out of me. I'm predicting a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Cavaliers blow us out. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope I I don't want that to happen. But like with the way things are going, like how how else am I supposed to look at this? 
Like, there's too much evidence to the contrary. And honestly, they've beaten the optimism out of me. I'm so done with this team right now. This was a miserable watch. Although, again, had they made some more shots, it would have been okay. But like, they, they I mean, it looks like, it looks like, you know, they've quit on themselves. And if they have quit on, on themselves, what, why am I still watching this shit? So, yeah, I guess uh, we'll see you guys in the next game. Well, that was actually a pretty fun game. Uh, after a series of, you know, absolute, you know, stinkers where the game look or the team looked like they wanted to quit um, playing basketball, finally got a pretty good game. Um, what wouldn't you say? Yeah, I gotta say so. I mean, there's still, you know, some uh, stints throughout the game where it seemed uh, kind of similar to previous games, but overall, good fight, uh, I gotta say. Especially somewhat on the defensive end, but, you know, that still needs fixing. I mean, the only thing I will say, like, about, I guess, the, the negative. Where was this in Portland? <laughs> where was this, you know, against the Hawks? Although, like, that was a good game. But, like, where was this against... I mean, to be fair, like, they, they brought it against the Lakers, too. But, like, that's the thing that annoys me about a game like this. You show fight against a very good team. You know, Cleveland this year has been very good. And, like, the Kings fought them tooth and nail. Granted, they got out-hustled on some plays, but, like, they they fought tooth and nail. So, like, make sure that they didn't get blown out. They looked like they showed pride. And... The thing was, like, last game, where was this? You know, it's just, it's confusing. I mean, it's good to finally got a good game. It shows that this team finally has some heart. But again, why why now? You know, like, this was a game you could afford to lose to a certain degree if you had taken care of business with, you know, like Portland, with, um, you know, if you want to go all the way back, like with the Hornets and, like, you know those the the Sixers. It's just it's just kind of frustrating thinking about it that way. Yeah, very true. But you know, I'm hoping that, of course, as I always say, they keep this up. But who knows? Because we're going against the Lakers on Wednesday. And uh, Lakers, for the most part, are rolling. All they got absolutely molly whooped by the <laughs> by the Grizzlies, who are <laughs> you know whooping everybody. So we'll see what happens uh, with that game. But yeah, overall, I thought it was a good game. Like, it wasn't a very high-scoring game at all. Um, well, usually. Usually we get in the 120s. But, you know, uh, uh, we I didn't even mention uh, Kings lose 109 to 108. Again, overall, good game. They showed good effort. But ultimately, they kind of lost this game on the defensive end. Yeah, more bleh, most definitely. And, like, guys actually kind of hit shots. Like, Buddy Heald, like, rarely now, like, has a pretty good offensive game. Five for eight from three. Most of those threes, terrible. But he hit, but he hit them. And But there, I will just call it out. Like, there were some god-awful plays by him where he really started to feel himself. And he started dribbling, look, thinking he was Kyrie or something. And then it ends in some really bad shot. It got so bad, Chemezi meant to literally clap for the ball like standing next to him and he and guess guess what he did not pass it to him and it leads to a pretty bad shot but you know i'll give credit where credit is due but he had a pretty good game yeah and speaking about metu i mean he's not the 
best <laughs> shooter I would rely on to when uh, shooting the three, but you know, he did make three for six, so how am I supposed to complain about that? I mean, if you ever want to look at kind of like the roster, if you ever want to criticize the roster construction, like of just like how the Kings don't have enough talent, Metsu is considered a spacer, one of the spacers on the team, and he shoots 25% from three. Like that's where we're at in terms of just like <laughs> roster. I mean, I like Metsu, although I prefer him not to take as many threes as like he does, but it is what it is. The Kings don't seem to have a lot of options. I mean, your other option is, you know, I was going to say Marvin. Marvin shoots 22% from three. So again, your spacer, your best big man spacer shoots 25% from three. Yeah, let's hope we fix that with uh, possibly a trade. Yeah, and let me just quickly check Mo Harkless. Mo is shooting 27. percent So you know, Ooh. maybe maybe more <laughs> maybe more minutes for Mo, who was known as a non-shooter, but is the best option out of three somehow. Um, the one funny stat that I just have to just laugh when I see this: Alex Len played 24 minutes, had four points, but 10 rebounds, two for 13. Yeah. I mean, he got a lot of offensive rebounds, that's for sure. And he he was trying to get those layups against the, you know, the Cavaliers' big men. But there was times where he doesn't fall through. So, well, I mean, don't we... for this game, mostly it did not fall through. Two, yeah. two for thirteen. I'm, I'm I only saying. remember, yeah, I only remember that one like it was way up against I think Jared Allen, and that's about it. Yes, the possession we're talking about is where he looked like he just got angry that he kept missing. He basically missed two shots, and on the last one, drop steps Jared Allen for a nice layup, but that's basically the highlight. <laughs> and for the rest of the game, he just kept trying to bully his way through these big men. And, you know, like, he, he basically pulled a Tristan Thompson to a certain degree, where he kind of tries to bulldoze towards the rim. There's three guys around him, and he tries to shoot it and gets packed to all hell. Like, it was a very just, you know, like, I think to start, like, I think Marvin and uh, Len, I think, had the first eight shots of the game, and they missed all eight, like, to start the game. And that was just kind of, that kind of unfortunately set the, set the stage for a lot of the game, where they the big men just didn't get anything easy. No, they did not. And especially, man, there was just a lot of plays where they were pretty much going within the, or the Cavs uh, going into paint pretty easily too yeah like our rim protection is always suspect and also like you know the guards just give up penetration too easily and the the scheme that we run has our has our big men in a deep drop scheme where they're not really covering I mean they're they're technically covering quote unquote the ball handler but what it ends up doing is that it gives an opening to the big man and they always take advantage and you know nba offenses just know how to take advantage of that nowadays so it's just not a viable plan anymore and you know i you want to blame it on fox but like fox tries to do what he can davion tries to do what they can but they just get wiped out by these screens and the big man is nowhere to be found so yeah unfortunately this game was lost on defense yep sadly enough well the kings were able to keep like keep within distance with really good three-point shooting 14 for 30 this game 46 percent they actually didn't shoot that well from the field 39 of 91 40 for basically just under 43 percent 
Um, on the Cavs, I just want to quickly shout out, like, you know, uh, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley. These guys are good. And they're going to be good going forward. And, you know, they have a nice little core going forward. Yeah, pretty exciting to see. And I'm kind of wondering, wait, ah, shoot, what was his name? The, 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 Lamar Stevens? Or Colin, Colin Sexton. Sexton. Yeah. yeah. We'll they see are how... going to need to trade him. They need to trade him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll see what happens there because, uh, yeah, well, pretty interesting team. I didn't really expect the Cavs to be, uh, you know, this good, to be honest. This might be blasphemous to some Cavs fans. I think Colin Sexton getting injured might have helped the team. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, you know, it lets Darius Garland run the show. And they, they were trying to do this kind of like, you know, as far as I know, like, I, I don't want to speak this as, you know, pure fact, but like, it felt like they were trying to balance the offense between the two, but they find out like Darius Garland is really good. And even though he only had 12 points, it felt like he had way more, but like, that's how effective he was during the game. He controlled the offense, you know, set up guys and just was, you know, really good. And, of course, they could use Colin Sexton off the bench, but the issue is you can't really play those two together on defense. Neither one of them are good defenders. Like, Darius Garland, as good as he is, not a good defender. Colin Sexton, like, has clips of him really trying on defense, not good on defense. So I don't know how that's going to go going forward. However, I will say, if Evan Mobley is going to turn into who I think he's going to turn into, that might not matter. You might be able to keep Colin Sexton. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, if, uh, if let's just say Colin Sexton does come off the bench, which I highly doubt, and I highly doubt he wants to either. Pretty, it would be a pretty interesting team, but uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes coming on forward. Look, I mean, they have Kevin Love coming off the bench, so you know, like there's a culture set there, right? You know, yeah. but. But also, I will say, I, I, I get, like, some people were saying, like, the, the Kings should trade for Colin Sexton. I'm sorry, but, like, he's kind of in the same vein as Malik Monk, where I think they're good players. But, like, you're telling me a, another guard who's small and doesn't play defense, like, the Kings need more of those guys? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and you're going to have to pay, like, Colin Sexton upwards of 20, 20 million, probably. Like, maybe just under, like, maybe 18 million a year. I don't know. It's just like another small guard again that does not play defense. The Kings have plenty of those, and yeah. we don't need any more. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Evan Mobley, he's gonna be really good. Homie played 42 minutes on a second night of a back-to-back, oh, and gee. like you, you really felt him this game. Granted, he had some hiccups, but like he, these guys are gonna be really good. And Jared Allen is really good. Lamar Stevens, Lamar Stevens killed us for stretches of the game where the kings just like got out hustled by this guy They're, they seem to have a lot of trouble with these you know these high energy guys who know where to be and just play with good energy he got a, a number of crucial rebounds like in the middle of the game like in the second quarter and the third quarter that that were run killers like the kings were like putting together a little bit of a run with the three-pointer and then they come back they get a stop and then it'll end it'll somehow end up you know in lamar stevens's hand for a putback or like you know it leads to a three like they were devastating offensive rebounds mm-hmm. yeah surprisingly i mean he did play 20 minutes but i'm surprised uh they didn't or he didn't uh, gain more touches other than those uh five field goals yeah i don't know i don't know why honestly because why the hell was Shetty in there? <laughs> like, granted, he was kind of hot for a little bit, 
but like <laughs> but i mean like when it mattered you know yeah i'm gonna call it the buddy healed effect you can call it for warriors fans you can call it the michael Mulder effect he does not hit shots when it matters i'm sorry like <laughs> he missed like he he missed quite a few in the fourth and it kind of let the, king, the kings get, get back into it oh yeah okay well that's kind of it um for what we have for the game overall it was a fun game there was a uh, one more thing there was a funny moment where i think it was jared allen and, or it might have been Evan Mobley and Lowry Marketing. It's one of the guys with uh, Marketing. I think it was Darius Garland tries to throw a lob to one of them, and both of them jump up for it, and they actually stop. They actually block each other, but uh-huh. somehow the ball ends up in Lamar Stevens' hand for a layup. Oh, uh, yeah. As I mentioned, that was a run killer. Like, the, the Cavs gave it to you on a silver platter, and you let it slip up from your hands. It's just, again, egregious. I don't like it. Kings just do need to play with just better hustle sometimes. Yep. Well, we shall see. But uh, another thing is, uh, have we mentioned that Namias Keda played today? We have not. Yes, Namias Keda. So he checked in early in the first, played played a few played a few minutes, and then came back like in the second quarter, in the third quarter, and actually closed the game. Yeah, I'm really lo- loving his energy, and I I really thought you know maybe he would have played less than 20 minutes, but no, he he played 24 minutes, which is pretty good coming off the bench. I mean, to be fair, we literally had no centers. I think which is why he played, but <laughs> yeah. like he showed some stuff. Like he has some pretty good touch. You know, he he had a nice post move on Jared Allen, and you know, like overall, just seems like a good energy big. Mm-hmm. Like who's a little bit slow, but like it's he's not like you know completely cement footed. Like, he's got something, but I would like to see where it goes from here. Although, like, the only thing I will say, like, he probably needs a little bit more work. And also, the Kings didn't run anything from the high post through him. They should try something like that if he's going to get more minutes. Yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. Other than that, I mean, I'm loving the effort and his rebounding or attempt to rebound. But uh, he, uh, he did get four fouls this game, which is pretty much I pretty sure why some of the runs were stopped to be honest i mean you know he's a rookie like ultimately it all comes back to that and you know he's gonna learn once he gets more minutes and you know these 24 minutes might be the most minutes he gets this season but every single one of those minutes every single one of those seconds he's on the court with nba pros and Mm -hmm. also against this ginormous lineup is great for him oh yeah and which kind of makes me think, I wonder if we'll ever give, you know, possibly Wooly King minutes because, I mean, shoot, we haven't seen him in so long. I mean, I guess like one of these days, I guess, I, I mean, he's there. He's a, yeah. he's in Stockton right now, but like they can always call him up and, you know, maybe once trades go down and like say, you know, you know, fingers crossed, you end up getting a Ben Simmons, like maybe he can't play because he i don't know what the hell he's been doing but like mm-hmm. let's just say he can't play like you you know you might need bodies and there's louis king you know yeah i mean we still have jemias and robert woodard out there too so i don't know i guess we'll see what happens yep we're just kind of waiting right now and you know at least the kings showed us they do have some life like again i don't i do not want to see a depth corpse for the rest until the trade deadline the trade deadline is exactly one month away and uh we are here waiting um just for something to happen oh yeah but for now we're gonna be waiting for that 
Lakers game, and hopefully Malik doesn't kill us again. To be honest, he, I mean he's probably gonna do something. He's gonna try something, but we'll see if it works. But mm. yeah, well, well, you, you just have to hope that Westbrook has a bad game. Maybe he actually turns the ball over this time. That would actually help the Kings a lot. <laughs> and we'll get the rebounds, hopefully. So yeah, we'll see. Okay, so uh, two more things before we end this podcast. So apparently Pelicans, Wolves, and Bucks scouts were uh, at this game. There were apparently reserved seats for them. Um, so the the idea that is that Jason Anderson kind of speculated that maybe they're scouting out for talent to trade for, maybe. So that was something. Yeah, kind of wonder who and for what, too. I'm guessing a lot of buddy and like see if the young guys have something like, you know, Jemias, like, you know, Robert Woodard, although they didn't play. But like, you know, there's something there probably. And, you know, it it is trade season. So there's your kind of, I guess, first appetizer, if you will. Well, I guess we shall see. Okay, so last thing we're going to go over before we end this podcast. So um, I was listening to 1320 today with James Ham and uh he basically brought up the point like that the kings blew a lot they basically we play very badly against depleted teams of course yesterday we lost to the goddamn trailblazers with anthony simons and a bunch of dudes like (laughs) so he kind of thought back like think of just think about it had the kings not blown these you know games against depleted teams like they would be in a very very different position and like he brought up the number like kings probably win six more games you add six more games the kings currently are 16 and 27 gonna do a little bit of math here they'll be 22 and 21 right mm-hmm. so that would probably put them let's see 22 and 21 that would put them above that would put them in the six seed uh that would put them above the mavericks actually that would put them in the fifth seed so just think about that like had the Kings just taken care of business against shit teams, like, you know, they, they are being in a very different position. Yeah. I'm pretty sure also mentality wise too, because it seems like some of the games, like you said before, they just straight up gave up on most of the plays. Uh, mentality wise, I think we would have like a more winning, I guess, ideal possibly. I don't know. Is, is a what if at this point? Well, this this actually led me to actually do some research. Um, and I listed out some games. I actually looked through the entire schedule and looked at a, a number of games that I felt were winnable. So I'm going to run them through you and you let me know if you think these were these, these are games we should have won. And I'll just quickly juggle your memory to a little bit. Okay. So we were at this game, the Jazz game. Do you think we should have won this one? Oh, the home yeah, the, the one very first the home opener very possible yeah i mean it would be pretty close but uh man that, i would say no just because no. i also said no so that that's a no-go but the next game that i, that I came to that i felt we had a good chance of winning and honestly should have won at Dallas uh, on on October 31st. So that was the game where basically we were down one. Luca hits a 30-footer and uh. hits a 30-footer. And on the ensuing possession, Tyrese gets tripped, no call. And, Ty- and I think it was Tim Hardaway Jr. hits a three and the game basically ended there. Do you think that was a winnable game? 
I would say no, because I mean, the yeah, the circumstances that happen, sadly, probably wouldn't have, you know, should have happened, I guess. I honestly think we should had that 30 footer not gone down and honestly like how we scored on on that on the ensuing possession that changes the game a lot I'm gonna mark this down as a game we could have won and okay. you know it was it was a relatively close game like yeah it's not like they really blew us out per se but that was a very deflating loss at the time but you know I felt like I felt like we had a good chance to win that one um okay next game next game Indiana at home uh on November 7th we lost that one 94 to 91. I say it was winnable. Okay, so that's so that's one that's two for me and one for you. Um at San Antonio, we got destroyed this game, by the way. So this was the start of the infamous mm. road trip of death that basically kind of like kind of really set us back. Um basically this one was at on November 10th. Um we got blown out by the Spurs on on the in San Antonio, a uh, one thirty-six to one seventeen. Do you think this what should have been a winnable game? I think so. I'm trying to remember what day was it again. It was. I don't think this would help you, but <laughs> November tenth. Oh. November tenth. So yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, had the Kings had the Kings not come out flat. Like, you just wish, although the score would dictate probably no, but, like, had they not come out flat and just play a little better defense, they probably could have actually escaped with this one. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the San Antonio is a beatable team, and, you know, it's just one of those games that you wish you could have had back. Mm-hmm. And so me and you me and you both uh, pick it. We should have won that game, right? Yes. So that's 3-0 for me and 2-1 for you. OKC. Um... November 12th, that is the Lou Dort game winner that he stole. He got a steal on uh, on De'Aaron Fox, um, and he laid it in to win the game. Mind you, we were up 16 at one point, and we're up 10, I believe, going into the fourth. Yes, we definitely should have won that game. Yes, so that's another one. So, two, so was that 4-0 for me, um, 3-0 for you, or 3 I won't even keep count, but okay. Okay, so this one is probably gonna get get your uh, get your blood pressure a little high. Versus Philly at home, November twenty second, we lose one one hundred two to ninety four. Uh, yes, we should have won that game. Okay, so yeah, that was uh, the one. That was the first game of uh, of Alvin Gentry's um, Kings career as a head coach, and I remember very specifically. There was one guy who tw- on King's Twitter who tweeted out, "Oh my God, guys, guys, this is a this is huge. Alvin Gentry actually made an adjustment. Do, do, do you know who didn't make adjustments? Lou Walton. He 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 was an idiot, you know. Like, oh my God, we're we're gonna be so. Well, he didn't say that part, but he basically just said, Alvin Gentry is such a refreshing sight, and we end up losing that game." And then we find out, you know, we would come to a realization, maybe Luke wasn't the issue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. They were down a lot of players, if I remember correctly. Their entire starting lineup was out, like, legitimately. Well, yeah. granted, depending on what you, when you think of Ben Simmons. But, <laughs> like, I don't know who they're having start in this place. I don't know if Tyrese Maxey is the starter, but, like, yeah, their entire starting lineup was out. Pretty much, yeah. 
No, the, oh, this is going to bring back some bad memories. Against the Lakers uh, in the Golden 1 Center on November 30th, uh, Kings lose 117-92. Uh, to 92. That is the infamous third quarter drought <laughs> that just, it was it was one of the worst like moments in probably like this season where the Kings jump out to a huge double-digit lead. The Lakers looked helpless. And then just randomly in the middle of the third quarter, they just died. I don't know what happened, but they just could <laughs> not do anything for a good seven minutes. I believe it was about seven minutes they did not score. Yes, most definitely we should have won that. Yeah, so that's another one. Okay, so this one may be a bit controversial. We were at this game uh, against the Grizzlies uh, November 17th. We lose 124 to 105. So remember, we got we went up 15 in the middle of the th- in the middle of the second, but you yeah. know Grizzlies slowly chipped away at that lead, and ultimately, like we started just stop scoring basically. And yeah. and mind you, we had a depleted team um, that that game. I remember me and you were not even sure if we were going to this game because we didn't know if it was going to get canceled or not. Yeah, yeah. Plus, there wasn't a jaw either. Yeah, um, yeah, jaw wasn't at this at this game, but. I felt t- to a certain degree it was winnable, but ultimately this is actually the game I'm going to choose that we weren't going to win. <laughs> Just because the Grizzlies are a good team and they probably would have been able to find a way to come back no matter what. Yeah, with the team that they brought out and what we have left in our roster at that point. Yeah, I, I'd say we we would lose too. Although I will say, like that 15-point lead after they after they got that lead, they just made dumb mistakes to just turn the ball over and just silly turnovers that led to easy baskets on the other yeah. end. Like they cut down on those. Maybe it's a game. Maybe like you know by some you know in in one in one universe in some universe they probably do win that game. But like I mean, looking at how looking just at this Grizzlies team and just how goddamn good it is. Even without Jaw, like, I don't know. I think they would have been able to find a way to get back. Well, I guess we'll never know. But, yeah, we, I, yeah, I doubt we would have won that, to be honest. Okay, so against Dallas, um, on New Year's Eve, December 31st, we lose 112 to 96. So this was another infamous run. So the Kings were, I believe, down, I think, 8 or 10. Um, in, mm-hmm. at halftime, they mm-hmm. managed to fight back. They tied at, I believe, it was six sixty-six. I don't remember the actual number, but they were stuck. They were, they basically got stuck at that score for the next six minutes or seven minutes, or no, was is that right? No, I don't. No, I, I think they were just stuck at that score for for like a long time, and they basically didn't score. And in that, in the meantime, Dallas managed to go on a twenty-two to two run. So actually, yes. So yeah, there were seven. There were seven minutes with no field goals, and three minutes between free throws. Basically, Harrison Barnes had a free throw in the middle of that seven minutes, and that was it. Yeah, that's right. And oh, we were pretty healthy that time too. Yes, we were facing a depleted Dallas team with a pretty healthy team. Yeah, I think. We should have won that. I mean, all we needed to really stop was, I believe, Brunson. Brunson, yes. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. I mean, there's Porzingis. I mean, he has size, sure, but other than that, stop Brunson, stop the other guys. That's 
that should be game. Yeah, and this and this was one of the games where you really just kind of looked at De'Aaron. I mean, granted, it's not up all De'Aaron's fault, but like De'Aaron's like lackluster defense really just didn't cut it this game. Mm-hmm. And you know, like this is the one of the things where I wish they go back to the three guard lineup more. But you know, it comes with his issues. But like, you need like a lockdown defender in Davion just to just to slow down Jalen Brunson and just not let him get to his spot so easily because he was good even in the even in the even in the win against Dallas. Like he just lit up the team, just got to his spot and just was absolutely deadly from mid range. Yep, sadly enough. Okay, um, second to last game, Atlanta, of course, <laughs> the one where we lost. Uh, at the end, um, when De'Aaron Fox gets fouled by DeLon Wright, no call. Um, was it Hawks go up two, and we basically lose that game? Yeah, I don't. Hmm, yeah, we definitely should have won that. But uh, mind you, Hawks didn't have Trey Young, they didn't have John yeah. Collins, and I forgot who else they didn't have. I believe they didn't have DeAndre Hunter, and if you guys care, they didn't have uh, J. Was it? Oh God! What what was his name? Bogey. No, they didn't have Bogey either. Um, who was the Jalen uh, Jalen Johnson? There we go. Uh, they didn't have Jalen Johnson either. If you guys care about that, but like, yeah, they did. They were missing a lot of guys, but you know, unfortunately, it was a very close game. Red Velvet, Kevin Herter, yeah. uh, went off against us, and just yeah, we didn't have an answer for him, man. Yeah, it was a pretty defl- it was a fun game. I I like close games. I don't really care if we lose a lot of the time as long as it was a close game because close games are exciting. It gets your blood mm-hmm. get your blood pumping, get your adrenaline running and uh yeah, but basically we lo- we lost that game and it was an unfortunate another really unfortunate loss. Oh yeah. Okay, and the last one of course Portland. They didn't have Dame, they didn't have CJ, they didn't have Norm. They didn't have uh what's the other guy? Lan- Larry Nance. No problem. To <laughs> Anthony Simons apparently can make up for both of them. Apparently, and you know they pretty much shoot. How many points were they up? Or pretty much ended up uh, as? I want to say just under twenty, but it, it it was a twenty point game for most of the game. Yeah, so we should have definitely won that game. <laughs> yeah. So count those. I believe you said two of the games you did not believe that we would have won, and if you include the Grizzlies, so that would be three. Um, ultimately, so if I if you count that, like if we just say if we just go with you, you say there was three of those games that we weren't gonna win. That's still ten games we should have won. Mm-hmm. So you you change that to our standings right now, which we are at sixteen and twenty seven. Take away take away ten games, we turn into twenty six and seventeen. <laughs> that would yeah. We'd be in the playoffs. No, no. <laughs> no, we would. No, we would. Oh, yeah. We would be in the fifth seed. We'd be, we'd be sitting oh, pretty yeah. in the fifth seed I, right now. I, I'm so dumb. I, I keep on thinking, well, we'll never know until the end of the season. But yeah, I mean, if we have kept it up, we definitely would have been where Dallas would be. I'm just yeah. So it's just one of those things where the and like if you go with mine, we would have been 27 and um, 27 and. 27 and 16 no 15 like that would be a really good record but 
you know the kings like they uh, this is on the, i mean the the Cavs game kind of symbolizes what the kings are they play well against tough teams and every now and then they pull out the game but like against bad teams they just don't have the ability to take care of business and just win you know win the games that you're supposed to win and instead they always have find a way to blow those games and this that's why we're at the position we're at now uh, well I guess there's always next season but you know still still half of the season left I mean I, I'm not punting on the season but like you know what I'm just waiting for a trade to happen and we'll see yeah. where to, where we're gonna go from there are we gonna like reset and just you know recalibrate for next season and, you know which is a, I, I, it's not an attractive prospect to me because mm-hmm. the Kings don't have a great record of, you know, being able to retool. We've been in the lottery for so long. Like, even when we got a high pick, you know, you end up picking Marvin Bagley. No shade to him. But, like, you know, so it, the, the history do, history just doesn't, you know, favor us in a way. Like, I would prefer us to trade for a star. Like, we'll have to see what, that, what the cost is. But, like, if you trade for a star, you find a way to win. You know, you find a way to kind of like change the culture. Like, if you get a guy like Ben Simmons and you don't end up giving Fox or Halliburton, that could be a very intriguing team and it probably gets you into the playoffs, most likely. But like outside of that, like if you just you know make moves around the margins, I don't know if that does the I don't know if that does the job. Well, I mean, who knows? To be honest. It's hard to say because we, I don't know, we haven't experienced any, like, good winning seasons in such a long time. Well, yeah, I've only been a professional fan uh, for about two seasons, and it's kind of drained. I've, I already have my optimism drained out of me. Like, yeah. We're at that point, and, you know, the, I'll just say this. The main thing I don't want happening is for us to make a vucevic light trade where you give up two draft picks you lose your lottery pick and you get a guy that actually doesn't really help you win oh hopefully with monty around he knows better than vade of course and well the thing is like a lot of people want sabonis and from what i from what i read from shams today sabonis apparently has a very high um price and james ham has been calling for a guy like sabonis and i get i get where he's coming from I just, I'm not a fan of Sabonis. I'm just not. And especially if the price is going to be Vucevic-like. Like, again, two draft picks, some young players. Like, Wendell Carter was a good prospect that they gave up on. Like, I, I wouldn't do that trade. Yeah, it really depends on that trade. But uh, two draft picks? So it can't be, like, just, like, Buddy and Marvin and we get him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. It's not that easy, huh? I mean, if it was that easy, why are they still here? (laughs) So that's the thing. Like, you can't, yeah, you you can't, like, in order to get something, you have to give up something, but you have to value your guys properly and you have to value the asset that's coming back properly. And that's Mm -hmm. why we're not GMs. I mean, I went on, I went on, um, I went on King's Twitter today and was as toxic as could be. But, like, it's, I'm sorry, but, like, you know, for the guys that are mad at Monty, I'm sorry, you probably wouldn't do any better. Hate to break it to you. Uh, yep. I guess. Hopefully Monty comes up with something soon. Because it's, it's pretty draining. And I am feeling tired right now. 
uh, when are you feeling energetic though I Let's don't. Be honest. but <laughs> you know like i mean I, at least this game gave me a little bit of life the king showed a little bit of life and unfortunately i'm always gonna get sucked into this and you know as long as they give us entertaining games i'm good with it and you know if if you're a fan of tank if you're on the tankathon train this is the kind of game you want the, the kings fight and they ultimately lose so you know you improve your draft odds yeah well i don't know like if we were to tank i mean what seed were are we really gonna get anyway no no we're probably no i just looked at the standings i'm looking at detroit and orlando we're not catching them yeah we're not catching the rockets you know we'll have to hope like we're in the raptors situation of last year where you just happen to sneak into the fourth pick that'd be pretty lucky but i mean who knows to be honest it's it's pretty low odds and i will say to you of no shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you for that great analysis (laughs) no but like it's uh yeah we're not catching those guys and you know if you want to go full-on tank i get it you know you're gonna have to rely on the lottery gods and the lottery gods unfortunately a lot of time aren't exactly kind to the kings apparently we were a few ping pong balls away from getting kate cunningham like just a few ping ping pong balls away it's just it's just not the, it's just not the kings's forte to go into the draft unfortunately because they, they just don't get lucky there and you know i'm just hoping for a good balanced trade like i really want miles turner and if you can get miles turner and like cam reddish and like i don't know how you would get ben simmons after that but like if you can somehow get ben simmons it, or if you can somehow if he's actually available i just doubt he's actually available if you can get pascal siakam like just just call messiah and just ask how many draft picks you want i just start there <laughs> how many draft picks would you give up i'm gonna say three. you're gonna have to start with four i think uh, messiah dang. messiah is a negotiator messiah remember he wouldn't give a pascal to keep Kawhi. because that that was a well at least I, from what i read that was one of the things that that was kind of the deal breaker for him not returning to Toronto because he wanted to trade Pascal for uh, Paul George. And I believe Westbrook was involved, which at that point, that's probably, I would have said no to. <laughs> like, you know, like that, I mean, that's how he values that guy. And Masai apparently is, a, he's a, he's a ruthless negotiator. Mm, I see. Okay. Well, that's all, that's all I wanted to talk about. We definitely went way long on this one but you know just uh just some ideas for trays and you know again the kings have breathed a little bit life back into me as a fan i don't know about you but you know it's it's good to see another competitive game yeah like i said if they keep it up that's a two thumbs up for me okay well thank you guys for listening to this episode we'll catch you guys back on the lakers um on the after the lakers game it is not a back-to-back right no it's on wednesday okay okay all right so we'll see you guys after the lakers game Mm -hmm. and congrats to georgia for winning the national championship yay i watch football all right we'll see you guys later